for doing that, I also want to just say a thank you to the leadership team. Uh, my family and I were able to uh, be home last week with my family in Missouri, and uh, I'll try not to get emotional. Um, it was a good time. I haven't been home at this time of the year in many, many years. My kids don't even remember being home in the wintertime. I mean, we do go home normally in the summertime. So, uh, as I said, uh, a couple of weeks ago before we left, my mom turned 80 this year, and her one request was that I would come home during the holiday season. So it was good to be with uh, all my family and, uh, and to enjoy that time there and thankful for my husband who drove straight through two, two days there and two days back. And so yesterday he was laying around. I said, he says, I don't know if I feel, I don't feel that good. I said, I know, we need to get back in the car and go driving some more, and then you'll... Uh... <laughs> anyway, thank you to the board and the other leadership team uh, who uh, just you know, covered everything so that we could be away for that week. We really appreciate it. So everyone have their card. So what are you going to do with that card? You're not going to stick it in your purse. You're not going to throw it in the car and forget about it. God is going to quicken to your heart, even now, someone that you're going to give that card to, or he's going to bring you to someone this week, a divine appointment, and as soon as you meet that person, you're going to say, this is who that card is for, and you're going to give that card, and again, you're going to say, come join me for a Shabbat service and stay for a bagel afterwards and a cup of coffee. Amen? Thank you, Raylan. Let's pray as we prepare to hear the word. Adonai, we thank you for your presence is truly in this house. And God, we don't take that lightly. We are honored that you would show up, God, and that you would grace us with your presence, Lord, that we could uh, come, Lord, and you could communicate and speak to our hearts, Lord, through the worship. And we thank you, Lord, that you have a word to speak to us now through this message. I pray that we would all have ears to hear what your Ruach would say. I bind up every spirit of darkness that would seek to snatch this word out, to uh, uh, prevent people from receiving it. Uh, and pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come, Ruach Hashem, and take this word and impart it into our hearts, that it would uh, take root and would produce uh, abundant fruit in our lives. And I thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, it's not a surprise that today is January the 2nd. Uh, and so we have started a, another new year. For us as a Jewish congregation, uh, we get to enjoy two new years, right? We get to celebrate Rosh Hashanah, and a few months ago, uh, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah. And this year on the Jewish calendar, as we shared uh, in the message then and have spoken through the last few months, this is a Yovel year, a year of Jubilee. And of course, yesterday began the year 2016, and again, another time that we could celebrate a new year and often this concept of new beginnings and things that uh, comes with the celebration of a new year. Of course, one of the things that happens at the new year time is this making of what is called New Year's resolutions, uh, most of ne that are never kept. In fact, I think I heard the statistic on the radio on the drive home that you know, 45% of people make New Year's resolutions, about 8% keep them, okay? So it's not a very good statistic. And, of course, then there's also, you know, <clears throat> all these predictions for the new year, you know, uh, so you listen to talk radio or even on the news, people talking about, okay, this is what is going to happen in this year. 
again, uh, some of those things might come to pass, but most of them really fall to the wayside because no one really knows the future except God. But I believe that as we enter into the year of 2016 on the secular calendar, that Adam and I would encourage us uh, in this message of his plan uh, for you in this new year and remind us of his plan for us as individuals and for us as a congregation. So I want to, you to have ears to hear what God wants to speak and allow your spirit to receive this word. Because I want to tell you right now, there are forces of darkness uh, that are active right now in this sanctuary. You know, we don't often talk a lot about spiritual warfare, you know, directly in the service. We do a lot of times during our prayer times. But I want to tell you right now, there's, there's uh, forces of darkness in this sanctuary <clears throat> that have tried to prevent you from entering into the presence of God in worship. And being in the back today, because I was the sound person today, uh, he was effective with some of you. Because some of you didn't enter into worship. And I don't say that to, to you know, make you feel bad, but to say hell won out in that instance. And you need to resist him, and you need to press in to God's presence. And now you need to resist him so that you can hear the word of the Lord that God has for you. Because we are told that the word of God is powerful and sharp, and it, and it, and it breaks off the chains of darkness. The enemy is trying to put some of you in bondage and to weigh you down. And God has a word to you today to set you free. And I want you to, have, I want you to shake off the enemy who is trying to oppress you, even now that you sit here in the sanctuary, and just shake him off and hear the word of the Lord and receive it into your spirit man and your spirit woman today. Amen? Because God does have a plan for you in this new year. I don't care what the enemy is telling you right now, and I don't care what your situation is telling you. God has a plan for you in this new year. First of all, it's a year filled with hope. Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah 29.11. You're going to have to get out your e-books or your tree books because I don't have a PowerPoint this morning. We didn't get back till late Thursday, and so yesterday was trying to get everything together for today's uh, message. So no PowerPoint. So Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know what plans I have in mind for you, says Adonai. Plans for well-being, not for bad things, so that you can have a hope and a future. I want to read that again. I want your spirit to receive this word. This is God speaking. For I know what plans I have in mind for you, says Adonai. Plans for well-being, not for bad things, so that you can have a hope and a future. In this world, there is not a lot of hope around us. In fact, when we look at the things in the natural Things could seem pretty dismal, and we could easily get discouraged about the state of things in the world in general, okay? 
from, you know, even the last couple of days, you know, in Germany there was the whole threat of terrorism again. Three uh, cities here in the United States were under alert for a terrorist attack. You know, Israel is constantly, you know, under attack. And just, you know, I saw as Ron Cantor posted about an attack there and how many people were, you know, in it and stuff. It's just constant. And when you look at those things and you're bombarded by that constantly in the news, it can be overwhelming and discouraging and you can feel like there is no hope in the midst of all these bad things that seem to be happening around us in the world in general. And then when you look down in your personal life, you know, it could be things that that don't seem to be going too good even on a personal level. And the reality is, you know, we do have Messiah, and because we have Messiah, there is a hope. But there still sometimes are situations that seem overwhelming to us, circumstances that we're like, how can we ever get out of this, and how can anything good come from what I'm experiencing right now? But God wants you to know that his plan is not for bad, but for good. He has a plan for you and for me and for Beth Emanuel. And in the Hebrew, this is an emphatic statement. It says, I, I know. Ani, ani yadati, I really know. In other words, God's saying, I know this. You may not know it and you may not understand, but I know exactly the plans I have for you. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what people around you are saying. I know what plans I have for you, and they are not for bad things. Turn to your neighbor and say, they're not for bad things. It doesn't matter what we see with our natural eyes. Adonai knows what plans he has for us, and he is working even if we cannot see how. This is so important for Israel to understand. Historically, if we understand the context, and we've preached on this verse on different occasions in the past, but Israel is in captivity, and it's been told that they're going to stay there for a little while longer. That's not too encouraging. In fact, I think it's Jeremiah who says that God speaks to him and says, you need to settle down here, you know, build homes and have families because there's going to be a while before I deliver you and bring you back to the land of Israel. And in the midst of that, that could be discouraging news. But God says, I don't want you to be discouraged by what you see in the natural. I don't want you to be discouraged by what is going on around you. He says, because I know the plans I have for you. Turn to your neighbor and says, God knows the plans he has for you. It would be very easy for Israel to feel hopeless and to give up. What is the use of continuing on? And it might be, you might feel like giving up right now. You may feel despair and hopelessness. You may feel like there is no way out of the situation or circumstance that you are in. I want to tell you that is not true. Another scripture, which I'm not preaching on, but I looked at, talks about how God makes a roadway in the wilderness. Okay? And so you might seem like you're in a wilderness. You might seem like you're in a situation that is so over your head that you feel like you are drowning and there is no way out. But I want you to know that God has a plan. And he will make a way where there seems to be no way. I don't know how he does it. I can't sit here and tell you, and I know some of the situations that some of you are facing, I don't have the answer. But I don't need to have the answer. God has the answer. Okay? 
I don't know how God's going to work through my own situations, let alone yours, but I know that he will because that's his promise, and he has done it over and over again. God has a plan for you. Despair and discouragement comes from the enemy. So whenever you are feeling despair and discouragement, you need to recognize the source. And often we don't, and we give in to that despair, and we give in to that discouragement, and instead of encouraging our spirits and our souls with the word of God, such as what we just read from Jeremiah 29. So when you feel despair and when you feel discouragement, you need to say, as the psalmist did, why also are you cast down? Put your hope in Adonai. It's a choice you have to do. You have to talk to yourself. It's okay to speak to yourself. Okay? You can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, and I've done this before, Carol, put your hope in Adonai. Put your trust in him, okay? Get out of your pity party and put your hope and trust in God. He has never, ever failed you or forsaken you, and he's not going to start now. It may feel difficult. You might feel like you're in a tight spot. You may see no way out, but put your hope in God. To give in to my despair, to give in to my discouragement, to wallow around in misery isn't going to help me at all. And it's certainly not going to help other people around me. And God encourages us through this passage and through many others like that, that the choice we need to make is to focus on his plans for us, which are good plans to give us a hope and a future. Rob Shaul encourages us in Romans 8.28. Furthermore, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called in accordance with his purpose. God causes all things to work together for our good. So no matter how difficult things have been or are, no matter what sort of mess you feel you have created in your life, God wants to encourage you and me today that he has it all under control and that he will bring about his desired end for your life at this season. And it's important for you to know that that end is, is to give you hope and a future to bring good things into your life. Rob Shaul encourages us by saying, we must know this. So Jeremiah says, God is declaring, I know that I know. And now Rob Shaul is saying, we know that all things work together for good. How do we know that? One, through our own experiences. We could all come up here and give testimonies of times when we were facing difficulties and challenges and we didn't know what to do and, and where the pieces seemed to be all broken and falling apart, and yet God put them together for our good, right? Because that's what God does. He blended this, those together, and we need to grab hold of this truth because God takes all the broken pieces of our lives all the mistakes and all the things that people have done to try to hurt us and all the attacks of hell against us, and he blends them all together to bring good into our lives. Think about it. We just finished the book of Bereshit, right? This morning we started Shemot Exodus. And the last half of the book of Bereshit is about the life of Yosef. And Yosef is such a great example of how God takes everything and works them together for our good. Think about it. We know he had the dream that, that God gave to him. And the next thing, his brothers are threatening to kill him. That could not have been very encouraging to him, that his own brothers wanted to kill him. Okay, that, that, that was put off by one of them intervening. But then he's sold as a slave, accused of uh, adultery, thrown into a prison. He had every reason to 
feel despair and discouragement. But we have no sign that he did that. And in the end, when his brothers stand before him and he reveals, I am Yosef, your brother, and his brothers are upset, like, oh, no, what's he going to do to us? Because we really did bad things to him. He says, you have it all wrong. You didn't send me here. God sent me here. Because God had a purpose and a plan, and that was to elevate Yosef to be second in command in Egypt so that he could bring deliverance to the entire nation of Israel so that we were preserved as a people because Yosef was put in second command in Egypt. But he had to go through the pit, through being sold as a slave, through being thrown in prison before he was elevated to that place. And God took all of that and worked it for good. So that the Jewish people are preserved today and remain in existence because of Yosef's life. But there were difficult things he went through. But it didn't mean that God had forgotten him. And it didn't mean that God's plan would not come through. So when you and I go through difficult times, when we go through hard times, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten us or that he has forgotten his plan for us or for Beth Emanuel. Quite the contrary. It means that he is working behind the scenes just like he was with Yosef to get us into that place and that position to fulfill his plan and destiny for us individually and as a congregation. Because he works all things together for our good. So God wants to encourage us that in this new year of 2016, he has a plan for us. And that is to give us a hope and a future to fulfill his promises in our life. To bring good to us, not bad. Amen? The second thing that God wants to encourage us concerning his plan for this year for us is that it's going to be a year filled with new things. Revelation 21.5. Then the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Also, he said, write these words are true and trustworthy. In other words, when I say it, it's going to happen. These words are true and trustworthy because I'm speaking it. Not me, Rabbi Carol, but this is God's word to us as a congregation and to us as individuals. Also from Yeshiahu, Isaiah 43 18 and 19, God says, stop dwelling on your past events and brooding over times gone by. I am doing something new. It's springing up. Can't you see it? I am making a road in the desert and rivers in the wasteland. Now, we have talked about this several times in the last few months, but I believe this is another principle that we must really grab hold of if we are going to walk in the fullness of what Adonai has for us. First, you need to understand, again, who is making this statement. As I said, it's not Rabbi Carol. It's God Almighty. In Revelation, he says, I, the one who is seated on the throne, I am making this proclamation that I'm making all things new. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, uh, the almighty God, no one can compare to him. He is making this declaration. I am doing something new. Stop looking to the past. The past is there to help us learn from our mistake and to reflect on Adonai's presence and deliverance in our lives. But as we've shared in the last few months, when we look to the past in any, of, in any other way, we are hindering 
what God wants to do for us personally or as a congregation right now here in the present and in the future. Sometimes people look back and they have crazy thoughts like, well, what if I hadn't married this person? And what if I had said yes to that other man or woman? And what if I'd chosen a different job? And how would my life be different? And I want to tell you that these thoughts hinder you from enjoying the spouse that God has given you, hinders you from prospering in the job where you are at. As we said many times, you cannot just change the decisions you made in the past, but you can embrace your present and future and make changes that will improve who you are and your life. You can make your marriage to be the best marriage there is in this congregation that would be a shining example to everyone else around you. You can improve yourself on your job, and you can uh, uh, further yourself and become the best that you could become in that occupation that you find yourself in. But none of that will happen if we live in the past. The new things are not in your past. The good things that God wants to bring into your life are not in your past. As I said, the past is there for reflection and, and to learn and to, to understand what God has done. But God is in your present and in your future. And that's where he's trying to focus us. And that's why I think he keeps bringing up this scripture is to help us to focus on the new things that he wants to do in our life. I've been at Beth Emanuel for over 32 years. In fact, on April 5th, 2016, it will be 33 years that I've been here. There's a lot that I could look back on in this congregation in the past. A lot has changed in the last 33 years, okay? And I could look back. There's been a lot of good things. There's been a lot of difficult things. Again, 33 years is a lot of, a, a lot of years, and a lot of stuff happens in that time. But I cannot live in what took place 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or even 32 and a half years ago on April 5th, 1983, when I got off that plane and Dr. Gannon picked me up and I rode back here with him in that van to his house with him and his wife, Cassini, and their children to start a new adventure. I can't look back at that except to just remember how God brought me here I can't live back there. I have to look at what God wants to do now here in 2016 and what he wants to do in the year ahead for me personally and for this congregation. For us to experience the new things in 2016, we must leave behind 2015. You need to leave behind resentment. You need to leave behind your worries. You need to leave behind disappointments. In the words of a popular song from a kid's movie, you need to let it go, right? You just need to let it go, and yet some of you are hanging on to it. If it was my husband, he could sing the words to you, but we all know the song. You got to let it go, and that's what God is trying to say to us. Let it go, because I'm here right now, and I have things in the month ahead, and the six months ahead, and a year from now that I want you to walk into, but you're living here in the past, and you need to let it go so that you can embrace the new things that I am doing for you. One of the things that Adonai has encouraged the leadership team with for this new year is a specific goal for growing Beth Emanuel. 
uh, in this new year. And we have uh, committed to breaking 200 in attendance on Shabbat by the year 2017. Uh, the leadership team has been meeting uh, now regularly again. And the last couple months of 2015, we begin to do studies together and to be encouraged uh, uh, by training, by a, a ministry that helps congregations uh, to grow forward in what God has for them. And we are committed as uh, rabbis and as a leadership team to see what God is going to do in this new year for us as a congregation. But it's not going to happen just by Rabbi Michael and I or even the leadership team being a part of it. You need to embrace the new things that God wants to do. And that means you need to leave behind what happened in 2015, 2014, 2002, for those of you who've been here that long. That's the past. Good, bad, or indifferent embrace the present, embrace the future and what God wants to do. And so we're grateful for our board members and our leadership team. I want to share with you as part of that, that Evan and Rena have come back on as volunteer staff to come alongside Rabbi Michael and I and the board members to walk into what God wants. And we're really grateful for that. We believe, again, God is positioning us to go forward in the new things that he has for us as a congregation. And so I'm going to tell you, stay tuned, because God is going to be unfolding things and there's going to be new things that are going to be happening in the congregation. And we're excited. And it's not about a number, but that number represents a lot of things. It represents spiritual growth. It represents a maturity that's taking place in each one of us. It represents a unity that Gary spoke about in his message last week. It represents a working together. It, rec- it represents that, again, we are focusing on what God wants. It represents Jewish people being brought out of darkness into light. There's so many things that that number represents besides just a number. And it represents that God wants to manifest himself and his presence here in a powerful way, as we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So I just want to encourage you. Work together into the new things that God has for us as a congregation and press forward into the new things that he has for your life personally. I saw this this post of the lot the last couple days. I think I posted something like this myself last year at the beginning of 2015. And it said, tomorrow is the first blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. So we're in the second day of 2016. With our focus on Adonai, let's write a good book for Beth Emanuel and for our lives this year. Amen? Embrace the new things that he wants to do. And finally, God wants to know that his plans for this year, not only is it plans to give you a year filled with hope and good things, a year filled with new things, but also a year filled with his abundant presence. From Yeshiahu Isaiah, chapter 44, verses 3 and 4. God says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows on the riverbanks. The book of Isaiah is filled with this imagery of Adonai pouring out water on the land. This represents, we know, his ruach and his presence. 
that transforms and revives everything. And I believe 2016 will be a year of renewal and revival in our hearts and our spirits. I believe that Adonai truly wants to open up the windows of heaven, pour out living waters of his Ruach upon this congregation to bring refreshing, to bring renewal, to bring strength to our hearts and our souls. And I think we need to be saturated by his Ruach and by his presence. And I believe that he wants that to take place this year. And that's even why we're beginning this year at that 21 days of hunger, seeking God, not asking God. It's not the time to ask God for things, although we do do that in other prayer meetings. And we have the prayer meetings where we'll be praying this afternoon and we pray for needs. When you send me prayer requests, I have a couple of prayer requests to send out uh, after uh, service today, uh, people who are not here today because of sickness and things. Uh, but this 21 days is just days of seeking God just seeking him for who he is. And so we're joining with congregations across the whole state of New York. And we're just going to spend this 21 days, and we're going to encourage you to fast during these 21 days, to spend a little extra time in fasting, maybe one meal a day, or, or just to do something more than what you do as we seek God's presence, seek his face. And I believe that God wants this to be a year where of his manifest presence in his life. And so I want us to look at one last passage of Scripture, and I want you to turn there, if you can, because it's a, a lengthy passage from Yeshiahu, Isaiah 35. And I'm going to read this to you, and I believe this represents God's, what he wants to do in manifesting his presence in our lives personally and in this congregation. So Isaiah 35 God says, the desert and the dry land will be glad. The Arava will rejoice and blossom like the lily. It will burst into flower. Will rejoice with joy and singing. Will be given the glory of the Lebanon, the splendor of Carmel and the Sharon. They will see the glory of Adonai, the splendor of our God. Strengthen your drooping arms and steady your tottering knees. Say to the faint-hearted, and this is the word of the Lord to someone here right now. Your heart is faint. And God says, be strong and unafraid. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with God's retribution. He will come and he will save you. He will rescue you. He will deliver you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame man will leap like a deer and the mute person's tongue will sing. For in the desert springs will birth forth streams of water in the Arava. The sandy mirage will become a pool. The thirsty ground springs of water. The haunts where jackals lie down will become a marsh filled with reeds and papyri. A highway will be there called the way of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it, but it will be for those whom he guides. Fools will not stray along it. No lion or other beast of prey will be there traveling on it. They will not be found there, but the redeemed will go there. Those ransomed by Adonai will return and come with singing to Zion. On their heads will be everlasting joy. They will acquire gladness and joy while sorrow and sighing will flee. I believe this passage of Scripture tells us of what we can expect when Adonai pours out his ruach and manifest presence into our lives in this congregation. And there are six things that I want to share with you from this passage as I close this morning. First of all, fruitfulness. 
This passage tells us that when God manifests his presence, and in this year he wants to manifest his presence as never before, there's going to be fruitfulness in your life. The barren desert, we are told, will blossom as the Ruach flows through it. I believe we are entering a season of bearing much fruit for his kingdom and in our lives personally. This is what I believe this scripture is telling us. Secondly, vindication by God. Now, this was prayed over me and over my husband when I was home in Missouri. And I believe it's true for many who are here this morning because I believe the enemy has come to rob, kill, steal, and destroy in your life. But God wants you to know he's showing up on the scene. Verse 4 tells us that God will come with a vengeance and he will bring retribution to me, to you and to me. The message translation puts it like this. God is here, right here, on his way to put things right and to redress all wrongs. He gets it. There's an enemy who has come to kill, steal, and destroy, an enemy that is wrecking havoc in your life, trying to to dissettle you. But God says, I am here. I am showing up. I'm going to come. And he is the one who's going to work on your behalf. When things happen to us, when people wrong us, it's very, very easy to want to rise up and to avenge yourself. But Adonai says, let me be the one who comes. He says he sees everything and that he is the one who will bring vindication and will set things in right order in your life. God is not fooled by anything that has happened, what the enemy has tried to do and to bring destruction to you. And he says, I will make things right. And I want you to receive that word into your spirit today. So that God's manifest presence means fruitfulness. It means vindication. The third thing it means is miracles. When you read this passage, it says, blinded eyes will be opened. The lame will walk. Deaf deaf ears will be opened. God is still a miracle-working God. He has not changed his plan for his kehilah today in 2016 is to manifest his power and might through his presence in our lives that will bring about great miracles and signs and wonders that the world would see that the God of Israel is alive, that he has not changed, and that he is moving and he wants to draw men to himself. And so I want you to know that God wants to manifest his presence in your life and in my life, that as we go out to the streets and the highways and the byways, yes, it will happen in Beth Emanuel, but that's not where it's, it's supposed to be contained to. That when you are out in your neighborhoods, when you are there at work and someone comes to you with a, a desperate need in their family and you say, can I pray? And you pray and instantly things change. Not because you prayed, but because God is still a miracle working God. And God wants to manifest his presence in your life and in this congregation so that miracles will take place. Number four from this passage, what does God's manifest presence mean in our life? It means holiness. It is his highway, and he's going to call us to a new level of holiness. Now, I know people sometimes start wiggling in their seat, and I don't care, wiggle all you want. He's a holy God. And he says, be holy as I am holy. And he says, you know, only the holy will walk on this highway. And I'm not your judge and you're not my judge, okay? God is the only one that all of us will stand before. I say this to my kids all the time when they fight with each other. I know, the rabbi's kids fight. Can you believe that, right? 
Oh, but this, you know, because he did this or because, or even they, even they get mad at me sometimes. Well, mom, it's because you did. I said, no. I might have done that or he might have done that or she might have done that. But I say, whenever you stand before God, you're not going to be able to say, well, I acted that way because mom was this way. Or I acted that way because my brother or sister was this way. Okay, or because my boss was this way or my husband or my spouse or my rabbis. We're all going to stand before God. Panim el panim, face to face, one on one. And he's going to examine our lives. I'm going to be held accountable to the same standard you are. And it's a lifestyle of holiness. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts, but he's a holy God. And he calls us to live a life of holiness. And I believe as he manifests his presence, he's going to take us to a new level of holiness. And not to freak us out, and again, not to get us all paranoid. It's a good thing to be holy. Really, it is. Number five. Great joy. The first and last verse sandwich everything else in between it, and they both speak of joy. In this new year, I believe Adonai wants us to walk in a joy unspeakable that we have not experienced in a long time. I think this is part of his plan for us, and it will happen as we allow his ruach and his presence to flow through us. Rabbi Carol, I can't be joyful. You don't know the pain I'm going through. You don't know the troubles that I have. It's true. I don't know the intimate details. As I said, I do know some of the situations that some of you are facing. I certainly know my situation and things that I'm facing. And again, I have to live by this word just like you do. And the reality is I can choose to rejoice. The prophet says, though the fig tree fell to blossom and there be no fruit on the vine. In other words, even though everything seems to be going against me, he says, yet... Yet I will rejoice in God. It's a choice he made, and it's a choice you and I can make. And if we come in and allow his, himself to manifest his presence in this year, don't be running to other things, okay? And, and again, the other stuff is good. I, it's not the things are bad, but you're running to those things to bring you contentment and to fill your life, and it's his presence, so God wants this be, to be a year where you walk in his presence, where you allow him to manifest his presence in your life, not just in the sanctuary, but on a daily basis where his presence is manifest in your life. And as that presence, his presence comes, there's a joy. There's a joy that's going to well up within you. And again, not to minimize the things that any of us are going through. But I could bring people up here in front of you who have gone through the mill and back and who made a choice, and they rejoiced even in the midst of difficulty. And it's something that you and I can do too, and it's something that God wants. And it's something that happens as a result of dwelling in his presence. As we allow ourselves and say, God, I want this to be a year where I walk in your presence, the natural outcome is going to be the joy. That's what God's saying. My joy is going to flow, and it's going to be great joy. It's so much better to be joyful than to, to be unjoyful. I mean, we're just saying, you know. 
right now, you may not be able to change the circumstances you're in. I'm facing things that I can't change personally. But I can rejoice. I can be joyful in God. Whether those circumstances change or not, I can be joyful in God, and so can you. And finally, the last thing that this verse tells us is that the glory of the Lord will rest upon this place and on our lives. The glory of the Lord will rest upon this place in 2016 as it's never rested before and upon your lives. The glory of the Lord. Again, not for your sake or my sake, not because I got all my I's dotted and my T's crossed and I'm doing, you know. In fact, you know, Ezekiel talks about that and he appeals to God, not for our sake, oh God, because we know that we have blown it a lot. But for your sake, God, that you would manifest your splendor and your glory. Again, that the world around would see that the God of Israel is a God who is alive, a God who is desirous to interact in their lives and meet them on a personal level. So I believe that when we talk about this being a year of his manifest presence, I believe that these six things are going to take place in this congregation and in your lives personally, a year of his presence. My husband's going to come up, and I'm just going to close by saying, you know, friends, these are not empty words that I speak, but I truly believe the best is yet to come. I want to encourage you to allow your heart and your spirit to be encouraged by the word of the Lord today. His plans for your life and for this congregation are good. I don't know how else to tell you. They are good. I know it may not seem that way right now, and I know some of you are in a place of great pain. But I want you to see beyond that and to know that God's plans are for good. He has a hope and a future for you and for me and for Beth Emanuel. There are new things on the horizon for each one of us. In fact, at the end of 2016, I believe there are going to be many testimonies. Because this is the year of Yeovil, and this ties into the year of Jubilee. And I believe what we spoke a couple of months ago as we entered into the year of Jubilee, again, ties into this, his plan for us as we entered into 2016. And God has not forgotten that it's a year of Jubilee. I believe there's going to be great release in this congregation. I believe there's going to be great release in your life. And I believe you're going to stand at the end of this year and you're going to give testimony. It was tough in listening to Rabbi Carol preach at the beginning because I didn't want to receive it because I was in a very hard, difficult spot. But God did exactly what she said because it's his word and he's going to do awesome things. That's his plan for you in this year. And most importantly, again, as we close from Isaiah 35, he's going to manifest his presence and his ruach that will saturate our lives as never before. So I want us to stand to our feet. I'm just going to speak a blessing over us, and then I'm going to ask uh, those who are here in the sanctuary, some are ministering elsewhere, but but normally pray, Myrna, Gary, Evan, Rena, 
she's able to it's a baby. Okay. Uh, to come on down because they're going to be here to pray with you. You know, again, uh, just as a point of contact, it's God who's the one who brings deliverance. Uh, but I'm going to encourage you if uh, if you are overwhelmed right now today by something, don't sit back there. Come down and have someone pray with you and for you and over you to agree with you for God's plan for your life for good this year. Okay, and uh, then you know if you're when you're done being prayed, receiving prayer, you can go. Again, we'll have uh, <clears throat> Hebrew classes from two to three, and then prayer from three to four. So I just want to speak a blessing. God, I thank you for your word for us today, God. I thank you for your word over Beth Emanuel and over every individual and family here, God. That in this new year, God, of 2016, coinciding with the year of Jubilee on the Jewish calendar, God, it is a year of great release for this congregation and for the members here, God. It is a year of unprecedented favor. God, it is a year of hope a year of new things, and a year of your manifest presence. And God, we open our hearts to receive everything, God, that you have declared over us. God, we let go of the past to embrace the present and the future. God, to walk in all that you have for us, Lord. We stand still to see the salvation and deliverance you are going to work in our lives and in this congregation. We truly believe the best is yet to come. Thank you for your promises. In Yeshua's name, amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up here as my husband ministers uh, in music and song and just to encourage you to come down to receive prayer. Amen. You're beautiful.